It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Trisankos. And today we're going to be talking after we talk about our scriptures, of course, we're going to be talking about vocation in the second half of the podcast. We'll be talking about the second half of our life (laughs) vocation when we are 50 and better and what what it looks like at that point. Um, also wanted to just touch on the, the retreat that we're having October the 15th at Hideaway Lake Lodge. It's near Lindale, uh, just north of Tyler, and it's called Women at the Well. And it's based on the story of the woman at the well in scripture where she had a life changing encounter with Jesus. And we all want that life changing encounter with the Lord. And uh, we want that living water that he offers her and get to know him and uh, let him reveal himself to us. There's just a lot to unpack in that conversation that she had with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we're excited to to have this retreat and spend the day with you if you would like to come out and spend the day with us. Yeah, it, and we're looking forward to it. So it's the first time we've done something like this. We have, um, we're doing an Advent by Candlelight retreat in November up in Bangor, Maine. And another retreat here in the Diocese of Tyler, also in October. Uh, but we just, we're, this is something we put together. We just want it to be a day of, you know, going to spend the morning kind of digging into some some tough stuff, like facing our anxieties and our fears and our doubts and, and giving them to God, throwing them in the well and, um, yes. and encountering Jesus, like Stacy said, at that well, like the woman at the well did, um, as if we're those women at the well and seeing ourselves then the way Christ sees us. And we also have the strength finder assessment that we're going to do before the retreat and talk about at the retreat so that after we've talked about our fears and anxieties and doubts in the second part of the day, we're going to talk about our strengths. We're going to use that assessment to realize what the strengths are that God created us with and talk about how we can use those strengths to build our families and build our church so that we can run away from the well, spreading the good news like the woman did. Um, Absolutely. It's going to be fun. And, ta- and we're doing, what are we doing at the end? <laughs> well, we are, after we empty ourselves out, we want Jesus to fill our cups back up and we're going to do it with a tea party. So that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be exciting. It will be fun to have a tea party done properly. Yes, it's um, so yeah. it'll be a beautiful day. And we're, we're doing this here, the first one here in Tyler, but we can come anywhere and hold a Women at the Well Retreat Day if you would like to bring us out. So just see our website, contact us, let us know. Yep, absolutely. Okay, scripture. Yeah, so today we took the scripture from the um, memorial 
uh, readings. So, Stacey, you want to tell us a little bit about the saints yeah, that were? We these saints. Um, I I wasn't sure who they were, and and you know you can choose which reading you want to do, or the priest will choose which reading they do in the masses today. Um, and the option is for the Memorial of Saints Andrew Kim Taigon, priest, and Paul Chung Hasong, and their companions and martyrs. So, who were these people? This mm -hmm. happened in the 1800s. He was the first native Korean priest, Andrew Kim Taigon, the son of Christian converts. And following his baptism at age 15, he went to China, went to seminary, became a priest, and snuck back over through Manchuria into Korea. Uh, and and when he was there, he, of course, started started telling people the good news. He was martyred. His head he was his head was cut off. His father was martyred in 1839. Um, and a lay apostle, Paul Chong Hasong, was a married man, also martyred in 1839 at the age of 45. But while he was there, he was able to witness to people and tell people about Christ Um by 1883, religious freedom came to Korea. Um, there were like 4,000 Catholics in Korea when you weren't supposed to be Catholic. Um, they were secretly practicing their faith. 4,000 Catholics. Seven years after that, there were 10,000 Catholics. So they credit these martyrs with the faith growing in Korea. Um, and today it's not just these two, the priest and that married man at, who was beheaded at 45, but also among them were the bishops and other priests and lay people, 47 women, 45 men, uh, about 100 people that were, were martyred for this cause. So this is a, a fairly recent in the 1800s example of martyrdom leading to a, a growth in the church. Mm, and so that's who we're remembering I, today, and that's uh, who these readings are for. I'm glad you I'm glad you shared that with us, Stacey, because I'm I'm glad that we can remember what they did because we are here because of all the martyrs. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm I'm so it's it's just uh, mm, something else to think about that. But uh, okay, so let's um, let's say a prayer. <laughs> let's get started yes. with the prayer. Oh, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm, Lord, we trust you. We thank you so much for this day. We thank you that we can come to you and openly say that we love you and we praise you. And uh, we ask that you open the eyes of our understanding, that we can comprehend the scriptures, that you would give us fresh eyes to see you and to hear you. And we praise you, Lord Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, just real quick, as I do every day, go grab your your holy mm -hmm. scriptures at some point today and read. Spend that time with the Lord. I, I said I'd encourage you to do that every day. So, yes, um, I do have one other quote for us today that I wanted to. Um, <laughs> this one is by Saint Jerome, and it says, "Ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ." So this one <laughs> certainly speaks to me and gives me another reason to want to study Scripture. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we are going to be reading um, out of the book of, out of Romans, uh, chapter 8, and it says, Brothers and sisters, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? 
Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us. Who will condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who intercedes, who indeed intercedes for us. What will separate us from the love of Christ? Will anguish or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being slain all the day. We are looked upon as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right. A lot to unpack in these scriptures. Um, First, if God is for us, who can be against us? I love that. I mean, let me just assure you, God is for you. And sometimes it may not feel like that when you feel like the world's just caving in all around mm-hmm. you. And, you know, I feel like lately, every time I turn around, something's slapping me in the face, right. I'm hitting a wall. But I just want to assure you, God is for you. He loves you. And even if you don't think you deserve it, or even if you don't feel it, just know God loves you and he is for you. And I think that, you know, we're all alike in that no one, none of us are immune to life's challenges. Um, I mean, each one of us has either just walked out of something, about to walk into something, or we're smack dab in the middle of something. And when the storms come, and, and I love this verse, because if God is for us, who can be against us? Who is bigger? What is bigger than our God? And the answer to that question is no one, nothing. And the second thing that that spoke to me is it is Christ Jesus who died, rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Yes, he was raised. We can focus on that. I love the rather in there. Rather was raised. It's like, guys, he was raised. Yes, he died, but he was raised from the dead. And, you know, sometimes we focus, we tend to... um, feed off of negativity. We, we, can, yeah. we tend to focus on the negativity. And it's like, uh, there was a song back in the 80s, early 80s called Dirty <laughs> Laundry. And it was about uh, the callousness of news, the news and news reporters yeah. always reporting on the negativity. And you know how they, they, a lot of times they, they use the shock factor to try to raise, you know, get the ratings up and but seldom do we hear the Good Samaritan stories or the victories. And there's a line in that song that just came to my mind. People love it when you lose. They love dirty laundry. And so, you know, we just we just don't want to always look at the negative. Try to look at the positive. And there's another uh, account in the Bible. <laughs> I love this one. Peter walked on water. A man, just a normal mortal, walked on water. But a lot of people focus on the fact that he sank. Well, first off. Peter got out of the boat in the middle of a raging storm. I wouldn't even be in a boat on a lake in the middle of a raging storm. And if I was, I'd be hunkered down praying, uh, just curled up. I mean, I would be so scared. Right. I don't, I'm not a big yeah. lake person anyway, but, right. but he stepped out. He got out of the boat. I just, I'm amazed at that. And then he actually walked on water. 
And I mean, when he asked Jesus, bid me come to you, Jesus said, come on. And he did. I just think that's amazing to have that much confidence and faith in the Lord. Yes, I'm going to step out of a boat in the middle of a raging storm and I'm going to walk on water towards you. And he did. Now, granted, he did take his eyes off Jesus, focus on the storm. He sank. But then another great thing is Jesus didn't let him sink. He immediately reached down and grabbed him. So I just I just like to to look at all of the victories in the Bible that, you know, sometimes when we tend to look at the negativity, let's find something positive in it. But yes, back to Jesus. He died, but he overcame death in the grave. And unlike the other so-called gods made of clay blocks of wood, I can say in all confidence, my God lives. And I love this because when I'm in the midst of a storm, the raging storms of life, it gives me confidence and courage. And it makes me feel better to know that my God lives. He is El Roy, the God who sees us and hears us and loves us. And he moves on our part. He fights for us. So I just I just love that. Um, God lives. He is alive. The third thing that jumped out is what will separate us from the love of Christ? Well, anguish or distress, persecution, famine, names, all these things. Well, we will have struggles in this life. We will have challenges, but we can rest in the Lord that he has overcome. And even though he never promised us a rose garden. Yes, I know. All these songs. You're going to sing. (laughs) (laughs) But the word tells us he's right there. He never leaves us. He never abandons us. He fights for us. And again, the answer to this question, what will separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. It goes on to say, no, in all these things that we just listed, we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. And my, my translation growing up always says we are more than conquerors because of his love for us. It goes on to say, I am convinced neither death nor life, angels, principalities, present things, future things, powers, height, depth. No other creature will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. You know, I just feel like maybe these scriptures are jumping out at me today because I'm the one that needs so much encouraging. I really need it today. And I want to, in turn, encourage you that nothing's going to separate you from the love of God. He loves you so much. He literally loves you to death, his own death. And you Mm -hmm. might think, what I'm going through right now is different than when Jesus walked on the earth. The world looks different. Well, yeah, it does. But in Galatians, he says he gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. And it is in accordance with the will of God that he gave himself for us to deliver us from this present evil age. Mm -hmm. And I have another scripture that is one of my favorites. I have so many favorites, but this one I I really stand on a lot. It's in Psalm 27, 13. And I encourage you to go back and read it. It says, I am confident, confident that I will behold the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I mean, no matter what this world throws at us, no matter what the enemy tries to throw at us, we can be confident that we will see the goodness of the Lord in this present evil age, in the land of our living, right here where we are, in the smack dab in the middle of whatever we're going through. We will see his goodness in the land of the living and that nothing, nothing will separate us from the love of God. 
And I think sometimes as parents, when our kids get older, we also feel like that starts to separate us from God. Um, I don't know if I'm putting a finger on a feeling that you've also had, um, but there were times where as my kids got older and they went off into the world and used their free will and made choices and they didn't do things the way I wanted them to do things, you know, like, so I, I realize now that's ridiculous, but they didn't do what I thought they were going to do. They did things I thought, surely they'll never do that. Well, they did. And and in those days, I felt very distant and separated from God because I thought I was being punished for doing a bad job of raising them. Or I thought mm. that um, that that God had abandoned me. Like God said, be open to life and I open to life and all these kids come along and then they don't just grow up to be perfect little Catholic kids the way I envisioned and dreamed about when they were all born. And I'm like, God, what, what, what is going so wrong in my life? Why are all these things happening? Why is life getting harder as the kids get older? Why are all these frightening things happening? Like, why am I actually worried now about if my kids are going to go to heaven or not? Like I, I did my job, I raised them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt abandoned and I felt even angry sometimes at God that this would happen. And of course, I'm saying that now because I'm looking back at it and I'm being honest about my feelings. Um, it, there was a whole lot of just self self complaining. Like I, I, I felt like I failed. And as the kids have gotten older and continued on their way and they come back and they leave again, like it's not just the prodigal, like he leaves and he comes back one time and it's all done. Like my kids like come and go. <laughs> and so <laughs> we have a lot of other little prodigal episodes. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I've learned, I've learned that those roots, those foundations that we gave them did mean something. And God's still here. It's just that God doesn't make robots and he didn't give me robotic children. He gave me children that have good heads on their shoulders and, and, and courageous spirits and they go out in the world and they do things. And that, so that, that reading from these saints in Korea that, and for the memorial that you read Stacy today, I think it ties in nicely with an article that came out uh, recently on September 8th um, about at first things. And it's called vocation in the second half of your life. And that's something that we've talked about quite a bit on the podcast, even in season one, about being open to life isn't just when you have the babies. It's not just giving birth. That being open to life now that we're grandmothers has a different meaning and in many ways a more complex meaning because, okay, I'm open to life. That means I'm, I'm we're helping raise our little two-year-old for a while and being a being a parent, you know, taking care of a two year old when you're in your 50s is a lot different than doing it when you're in your 30s. Um, but we, we're, we're helping out our daughter because she needs help right now. And so being open to life means doing that. Being open to life means meeting your kids where they are and and telling them the truth, but telling it to them in love. And right. so this article was about vocation in the second half of your life. The man who wrote it is. Uh, Father Daniel Patrick Maloney is an assistant professor of philosophy at St. John Vianney Theological Seminary in Denver, Colorado. And he was writing it for the feast day of St. Monica. As we all know, St. Monica uh, prayed for many years for her son, St. Augustine, and um, her prayers her prayers came to fruition when, when he did convert and become Catholic. But for a long time, she didn't know what was going to happen to him. So this priest is saying, 
he sees parents like as a professor, he sees parents bring their kids to college and he sees this this part, this phase of life that they didn't expect. So they're used to being in control of their kids. When you're changing a diaper, you're in control. When you're giving them a bath, you're in control. When you're fixing them, your dinner, they're, you're in control. When you're putting them in the car seat, when you're sending them off to school, when you're taking them to mass. But when the parents bring their kids to college and let them go, the parents don't know what to do now. Mm. And so he's giving them advice your vocation in the second part of your life as parents, because you you did you were signing up for more than just raising the kid to eighteen. You were signing up to be their parent for for their whole life forever. Right. And right. he was using Monica's examples, and I love this part. He said, "Monica was a pious woman. Um, that the bishop she went to the bishop and said, my son is not is not uh, coming close to God. He won't come back to God. What can I do?" And the bishop told her, "Leave him alone for a time." And she didn't want to do this because she was a faithful woman, but she was also a woman who trusted direct action. And she did trust prayer, but it didn't seem like she was doing enough just to go pray, leave him alone and pray. But the bishop told her to do that. And that's what she did. And he told her, your tears, your tears go as you live. It cannot be that the son of all those tears should perish. Like he was telling her, your tears matter. God sees your tears and they will save your son. Mm. Um, And we know the rest of the story, but what he's saying, and the last thing I'll say here, and then I'll, I'll stop talking. The language of the contemplative life, he's encouraging parents in this season of life to be more contemplative. That means shut up. (laughs) No, that means (laughs) shut your mouth, leave them alone. And sometimes you just got to pray. Like, I don't mean always leave them alone, but I, that is definitely advice that rings true to me because there are children that are 18 and over that that is what I have to do. Sometimes I have to leave them alone for a time, but I hold them closer in my heart. Mm-hmm. I let them go, but I hold them closer in my heart. I pray more for them mm-hmm. and it, and it does work. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I can totally relate to that. I mean, I am, my daughter is a senior in high school and will soon be going off to college. And I know that I'm going to have to, this, this whole letting her go, she's my baby, my last one. And it's hard to think about her being out there in the world, making her own choices. But like you said, Stacey, we're not robots. I mean, they're our children, but we are God's children. And we, you know, yes, I know God loves them more than me, but that's a hard concept because I know how much I love my children and how I, I want them to do what I think is right. And I want them to do what I want them to do, but they aren't robots. They are, they are God's children too. And they are given free will to make their own choices. And sometimes we do have to just pull back and pray. And I know we've both done that for our our older children, we've done that. And, mm-hmm. you know, God is faithful and we just have to trust him. And, and that's so hard. It is hard. It, it's, it, you know, I can, I can relate to her tears, to Monica's tears. And I know mm-hmm. you can too, because, but what a beautiful thing, you know, your, your, your tears are not in vain. Your prayers are not in vain. God hears them. You know, he collects those tears and he hears your prayers and, you know, he, they don't fall on deaf ears. He hears and he wants, it is his desire that, that our kids come back around. And there's a scripture um, in the Bible in Proverbs 22, six, 
That's you have it. a scripture. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But it says, that. train a child in the way he should go. And he oh, will yeah. not deviate from it, even in old age. Um, I mean, yeah, sometimes they veer off, but they'll come back around. And I believe our prayers are, you know, needed for that. And I don't think we should ever stop praying. But um, I don't know. I, I just I have to I have to. Hang on some of the promises in God's word. <laughs> and along the lines of what we've been talking about, uh, we want to tell you about a book from two lovely ladies who will be joining us on the podcast uh, in a couple of weeks. The title of the book is What Would Monica Do? It's by Patty McGuire Armstrong and Roxanne Blaclair Salonen. These are two ladies up in Fargo who uh, are friends of mine, and they are very much like me and Stacy. They have um, they have a lot of experience raising large families, navigating uh, the issues of our time, and they have written this wonderful book about Saint Monica, who was the mother of Saint Augustine. She prayed for him for many years, um, and uh, is is a saint because she led her son to conversion but not so much through direct action like we were talking about before, but through prayer, just a whole lifetime of praying for her child. The book has consolation, hope, and inspiration in the spirit of St. Monica for those bearing the cross of a loved one who is away from the faith. So um, we encourage you to check that book out, published by Ascension Press. It's brand new. And stay tuned because we'll have Patty and Roxanne on the show before very long. I'm Stacy Tresankos. <laughs> and I'm Stacy Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information.